Welcome to the Podcast Launchpad, where you'll learn the tools you need to use your podcast to be a go-to expert in your field, expand your audience, and get more clients. I'm your host, Kelly. Enjoy the show. I am so excited to chat with today's guest about her podcasting journey and becoming a top-ranked podcast. Caroline Thor is the host of Living Clutter Free Forever. She's a certified KonMarie consultant and a professional organizer. Her mission is to show you that a tidy, comfortable, and well-organized home is not a myth, but an achievable reality for every family, irrespective of how big. And this is something that Caroline lives as she has three kids of her own. And I'm thrilled to have Caroline as a member of the Women Podcasters Academy. Welcome, Caroline. I am so happy you're here today. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks so much for inviting me. Absolutely. So tell us a little about your business and how you became a KonMari consultant. It's a strange journey. I started off teaching many years ago in the UK, moved to Germany 17 years ago, not speaking a word of German, and managed to get a job teaching at an international school. So that was all going well. And then I had my own family and it was very difficult to get back to teaching and so I started teaching classes for small kids in English first thing in the morning while their siblings were all in school. And that was going well until COVID hit. And I started to really rethink what I was going to do. And eight years ago, I had read The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying by Marie Kondo, and it had completely changed my life. I was a very stressed, very overwhelmed mom of three young kids. I never knew where anything was. I used to get stressed just trying to get out the front door with them to go anywhere and very often would just give up and stay home. And knowing where everything was and not having too much stuff just was life-changing. And during COVID lockdown, I decided that I wanted to retrain as a KonMari consultant and help other women find this peace that I had found because it just was literally a lifesaver for me and so I did the online training during COVID and that's what I've been doing ever since haven't looked back wow that is really awesome and to be able to do the KonMari method on your own I mean you know I have heard from other people who have also said that her book was life-changing for them but so many other people like try it and then can't stick with it. And so I imagine that working with a KonMari consultant and professional organizer would be really helpful because I know I've tried things in the past and things tend not to stick. <laughs> no, def definitely. And the KonMari method works by working through categories. So what I tend to find is people get through clothing, which is the first category, and are completely motivated. And then sort of the steam goes out of it or something happens and they get sort of derailed and then they never quite get back to it and uh, making an appointment with a KonMari consultant when they're going to come on a certain day and it has to happen is the game changer that that's the difference but I think you're right it is unusual for what I did to actually work your way through the book yourself and manage to get completely to the end but I think I was just so desperate and saw the difference it was making that it just motivated me to keep going and the key thing was my girls actually saying to me, you're a nicer mummy. <gasps> when your kids say to you, you're a nicer mummy, 
you realize that the stress that you were feeling must have been paying off on them as well and that was a real motivator for me to sort of keep going and and make sure I got the whole thing finished wow that Mm. is really awesome oh my gosh how telling is that yeah I I mean that makes a lot of sense but that's a real bonus you know like to get your physical world in order and have it make that big of a, of an impact on your parenting as well, to the extent Mm. that your kids notice and comment? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when you're not running around trying to find things and you're not frazzled with people because, you know, you don't know where anything is, or you can't find the passports when it's time to go on holiday because you put them in a safe place, but you can't remember where that safe place was. It does have a knock-on effect to how you're interacting with other people in your lives. And I think a lot of people who go through the KonMari process find that it's not just the physical things in their homes that it ends up having an impact on. It has an impact on your life completely. And her new book, Karashi at Home, which came out, Karashi is Japanese for lifestyle. Mm. It is about the fact that the whole process has an effect on your lifestyle as a whole. And it, in, it will um, decide what you're going to do for hobbies or you're going to, what can you have time for, the relationships you choose to have. Um, it, it impacts everything. Wow. Do you have that on your website about your kids commenting to you about your being a happier mom? Um, I can't remember if it's exactly worded like that, but it, I, it, there is definitely reference to the fact that it, I was a very stressed mummy and then right. I you- wasn't. You need to put that on there because that is quite the testimonial. I mean, I know it's coming, you know, from yourself and it'd be great if someone else, you know, like a client put that too, but you need to put that on there because that is amazing. Yeah, That is just such a huge benefit beyond just, oh, I get to walk around my house and it feels good. I have less stress. I'm more relaxed. All of that is excellent, but Mm. to have that benefit rub off literally, you know, that concretely onto your family, yeah. what a, what a great thing to use for marketing seriously. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, and sometimes like last week we were sorting out Lego to sell because my kids are all out of the Lego mm-hmm. age now. So we thought, Oh, this is a good opportunity to sell it all before Christmas. Yeah. So we were all madly sorting Lego sets ready to sell them. And one of my girls actually remembered a time before the KonMari method hit us, where I would be getting really annoyed with her in her room that things were lying around. And she said, you hoovered up Lego pieces. That's why we can't find them. I was like, I didn't. She said, you did. You used to get really cross about it. And I don't remember that. that mm. But that's obviously, they were picking up on my frustration at things being untidy and not organized. Oh, goodness. Wow. Mm. Uh, well, this is quite a testimonial for using this process. Oh my goodness. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So tell us a little about your podcast, Living Clutter Free Forever. When did you start it? What is it about and who is it for? My first ever podcast episode went out on June the 3rd of this year. The idea had been around since probably January of, of this year that I'd been sort of toying with the idea of doing it. And there were three main reasons for starting a podcast. One 
was to try and connect with a bigger audience so that people became aware of me and what I'm doing because COVID showed that organizing can be done online. It doesn't have to just be done physically with people in their homes. And so I have a worldwide client base that I could access. So that was one thing. The second thing was I had figured, and this has actually borne itself out, that it would help inform me about what it was that my clients were struggling with and what they needed. And I needed to know that in more detail because I decided I wanted to launch an online course. Mm -hmm. And that's going to be something that's going to be coming in January of 2023. So it's there were sort of three reasons for doing it and and it becomes a list builder and it allows me to stay connected with my audience so that's where the whole podcast idea sort of came from and my niche is really busy stressed mums as I was I that's who I'm speaking to so I am always really careful when I do an episode that I'm speaking to that one mum who I know is sitting at home feeling very overwhelmed and stressed as I used to be um, in the hope that I can perhaps make her life a bit easier as well. And in the hope that she will realize that she's not on her own, that there are other people that feel like her. Cause I think very often we think we're the only one. Everyone else's homes are perfect. When I go around, it's all tidy and lovely and it's only me that's not coping. And that's not the reality at all. Right. So that was my, my hope that I would make her feel less alone and supported and hopefully give her strategies to move forward. That's awesome. Yeah. Too often, like, yeah, we go to someone else's home. It all looks perfect, but we aren't going upstairs to the bedrooms where mm-hmm. the downstairs clutter has been hidden. Yeah. Uh, we forget that they just tidied in the hour before we arrived and tucked away what we don't, what they don't want us to see. Yeah. Uh, usually, uh, usually. Yeah. Yeah. But very often I always say to people, have, have you ever gone around to your friends and open drawers? They've probably mm-hmm. just done what I used to do and quickly stuff everything in there. Yeah. And I, I think a lot of people think that everyone else is organized and they're not. I think there are more people that struggle with organization than they actually like to, to give on. And also that it doesn't come as naturally to people as people think it does. It's a skill that perhaps you need to be taught if it's not something that comes naturally to you. And we haven't necessarily been taught those skills. We were taught how to drive a car. We were taught how to put the washing machine on. We weren't taught how to tidy up. My parents were incredibly organized, but my idea of tidying up as a child was to get the supermarket plastic bags, ram everything in it and hide it all under my bed. And that was my idea of tidying my room, but I could never find anything. And that permeated into my adult life as well. And I've really had to learn how to tidy in a way that's efficient and works for me. Yeah, I hear you there. Um, My idea of tidy is to organize, not that I'm good at it. My second husband's idea of tidying was to just shove things in drawers and bags, whatever. And I hated it when he would quote tidy because then I could never find anything. And so I would prefer to have 
a mess everywhere because at least I knew where things were. You know, I liked, or it's not that I liked, but I kept things in stacks, but I knew exactly where that paper was. You know, it would be like in the second section of that stack. So I could find it, but then he would put stacks on the stacks. And then I didn't know which part of the stack it was in. And then he'd move the stack somewhere else and I couldn't find my stack. And so then the paper was just gone. Yeah. And that was the worst. So Um, paperwork's a nightmare. I think for most people, paperwork is the biggest pain point. It is for me still, I really struggle with it. And I think most people, when I say I'm not an organized professional organizer, they find that really weird. Um, but actually, I think it makes me better at working with people because I understand where they're coming from. And it's mm-hmm. it's not something that comes naturally to me. I do still have to work at it every day and make sure I keep on top of it. Otherwise, it does start to get mm-hmm. into terrible chaos again. But luckily, I, these days, it's easily sorted out because I have a system. Yes. And I agree. I think that does make you a better organ. Um, uh, better professional organizing or better to help people with this because it doesn't come naturally to mm. you. You know, the best coaches and mentors I've had and instructors of whatever kind are people who have struggled with what they're teaching and coaching, because if something comes too easily to them, then they can't really explain to me how to do it. No, absolutely. I completely no. agree. Yeah. So what successes have you had with your podcast so far? I've had I've had all sorts of weird little successes. I've had weird successes like being number three in China one week in homes and gardens category on Apple podcast, nice. which I just find really bizarre. <laughs> but I was super thrilled about it, as you know, because I emailed you quickly going. You're not believe. <laughs> um, so that's really fun. Uh, the the other thing that I'm loving is seeing the numbers go up each week and it's only a tiny tiny bit but when I look back now to my downloads from week one to my downloads now um, I'm already by sort of the mid by the end of the first day at what I would have had in a week mm-hmm. at the start so you can see that your audience is increasing and then the other thing that I'm loving is I'm starting to get really positive feedback from people that are listening and strangely from people that I wouldn't necessarily think were listening. I had um, an e- a message over Instagram this week from a- an older lady who's in a wheelchair. She said, I'm not a mum, but I just, I'm loving your podcast. I'm really enjoying listening to it. I find you very upbeat and motivating and it's helping me feel less overwhelmed when I'm doing my paperwork. Mm. Fantastic. That was my aim of the podcast was to help people feel supported and less overwhelmed so she's not my what I thought was my ICA but that doesn't matter yeah and that was a result of doing some really niche topics wasn't Mm. it the uh, particular episode she listened to would you tell us about that and some of the niche topics you've done yeah absolutely I didn't want a traditional organizing podcast. I wanted it to be trying to show what else organizing can help with. So I've tried to look at topics that perhaps other people aren't looking at. And I have a friend who has multiple sclerosis 
and is now in a wheelchair full time. And I did a podcast episode with her about how she's organised her home in order to cope with wheelchair living and make her home still accessible to her. That was just an absolute joy to be able to talk to her and hear the progress she's made in order to make it possible for her to remain independent. And her hope was that we would be able to inform other people of things that perhaps they'd not thought of or tried and make their lives easier. So this lady had started listening because of the wheelchair episode. So that's one. I have a special needs child myself. So I've done an episode about um, organizing with special needs children in the home because things do need to be done slightly differently. And you can't just suddenly get rid of everything. If, for example, you have a child on the autism spectrum, because everything needs to stay very much as it was. Mm. So things like that, trying to raise awareness of of different pockets of how organising can help areas of the community that perhaps they wouldn't have thought it would make a difference. Yeah. Then you did a, quote, death episode once? I did do a death episode yes I that was that was a bizarre one and that was a real light opener for me I'd found out that there was a KonMari consultant in America who is specializing in supporting families when someone has died and it wasn't something I'd ever really thought about but of course you you are sometimes in a situation sadly where you're left with somebody's estate and their home and all their belongings and her niche is that she helps people through the process of going through and decluttering a loved one's um, possessions after they've um, Mm. departed. And that was just great for me. I learned so much. If ever now I have a client who has that sort of need, I'm going to be really well informed. Mm. So it was, it's interesting to chat to people who have um, experience of things that you don't. Yeah, very true. And you've gotten some really good feedback from those specific non-traditional episodes, haven't you? I have. Yes, I have, which has been lovely. And also it's expanded my audience base, perhaps to areas that I wouldn't necessarily have reached otherwise. I I would perhaps have had smaller numbers still because Mm -hmm. there are a lot of organizing podcasts out there. It's very competitive. Mm Um, for you to be listened to you need I think to be doing something slightly different so what I'm finding is that those people that come to listen because I've got a niche are tending to stay with me Mm -hmm. and some of them are ending up on my email list as well Mm -hmm. which is great so I can then nurture them and stay in contact with them and hopefully help them further down the line as well that's great yeah and even though you're doing these really niche topics, they're still staying within the niche of your podcast, you know, dealing with the estate of, of a loved one who has died still fits in with busy moms, Mm. you know, especially depending on the age of the mom, you know, as we age, our parents are going to die. Um, the, uh, you know, the, person in a wheelchair, you never know, you know, you've got some mom listeners of, of all in all stages of life and of all abilities or disabilities. So you probably already had some moms who were in a wheelchair or had some other kind of disability and, oh yeah, a 
child with uh, autism or some other kind of disability, you know, you already had moms with kids like that. So, yeah, yeah. no, definitely. And it also is making it more interesting for me each week because I'm learning new things as well. Mm -hmm. And it's connected me with people that I wouldn't normally have connected with I'm not someone that's particularly into clothes and fashion but I had a brilliant episode one week with a style she used to style the stars in London but she's now decided to concentrate on styling mums who are mm. trying to get back to work and we had an absolutely fantastic episode I didn't know her before then, but we've ended up becoming friends and she's using me as an affiliate for her um, course and membership. And so there have the benefits just keep coming, which is wonderful. Yes. Oh, so true. Yeah. Having guests on your show can lead to collaborations and friendships and yeah, all type of things. Yeah. All types of things. Yeah. It's so funny. I have a friend who was a color consultant and she's actually originally from Scotland, but has been in the States for a few decades now. And I know you're not Scottish, but you know, Great Britain and anyway, yeah, same thing. from an American's perspective, you know, <laughs> I haven't, been, I'm quarter Scottish. So we'll go. Oh, okay. It. There you go. So, you know, I know they're different, but anyway, so she was a color consultant and I had her on the marketing chat podcast uh, almost exactly a year ago. Oh, well, as of this recording, almost exactly a year ago. And we were talking about using your best colors and bringing them into your brand, you know, your business's mm -hmm. brand when you're the face of your brand. So that was just so much fun. Like she did my colors. I think I was the first person she did when she got her certification in uh, color and style. So it's just... Yeah. Lots of fun. And I still bring that up when I'm advising people on branding and picking their podcast colors, brand colors, you know, for their cover art, you know, if you're going to put your face on your podcast cover art, make sure those colors go with you, you know, because you want to look really good on your cover yeah. art. So, and I yeah, imagine definitely. that that is really helpful with organizing your closet. You know, if you're picking things out of your closet to get rid of, don't get rid of the things that look fabulous on you, unless you just hate them. Obviously, yeah. you know, if they don't bring you joy, then it doesn't matter how good they look on you, but no. get rid of the stuff that doesn't look good on you. Definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah, we should all be only wearing things that make us feel amazing. Life's too yeah. short to be wearing something that's a bit tight or a bit scratchy or we don't really like the color. We should yeah. get up every morning and even the sweatpants we put on, if that's what we're choosing to wear, they should be sweatpants we feel amazing in. Yes. And that's what yes. we're aiming for. Yes, exactly. Wonderful. So what struggles have you had with your podcast, either getting it started it or running it, you know, if any, if you have struggled with anything? I will be honest, the biggest thing I have struggled with has been organizing everything. Mm. And this is where it comes back to me and not finding organizing things as a, like naturally comes to me. It, mm. It's something I struggle with. So I've got this timeline. I have my podcast goes out every Friday. So I need to make sure the episode is written before then. I need to make sure that it's recorded, it's edited, that the artwork's done. I've got myself a list 
that are things I have to go through each week and make sure they're done. But my plan had always been by now to be batching Mm -hmm. and not to be flying by the seat of my pants, as we say in the UK. I hope you say that in America as well. Good, that's good. Yeah, not flying by by the seat of my pants, week by week. That, that shouldn't have been happening but unfortunately it still is and I find it really frustrating that I don't seem to be able to organize my time in a way that means I can batch sort of four or five episodes in one go which is what I had planned to do mm-hmm. that said as I mentioned before I do have a child with special needs mm-hmm. and things haven't been easy recently so that sort of thrown a real curveball into everything and meant that things I planned to do haven't happened but that I, I think it's re- you don't realize how many moving parts there are to your podcast going out each week and having that organized in a way that means it runs smoothly and doesn't feel stressful, um, I think is the thing I've struggled with most. The great thing is it doesn't feel stressful anymore. Good. At the start, it really did because you're, you're trying to work out how does the editing work and how does the recording work and what do I do if it doesn't load or what do I do if I find it hasn't recorded properly and all this sort of stuff or my sound levels were completely wrong. I've got that now sorted, so that's fine. But my plan for the coming 12 months Mm -hmm. is that I will be batching and I won't be having this weekly what feels at the moment like churning out a podcast I don't Mm. want it to feel like that I want it to feel a bit more joyful and um, a bit more organized Mm -hmm. that makes sense yeah I put out an episode in December I think it was 43 about managing a podcast with a chronic illness and it's it not exactly the same, but it would be similar, I think, when you're raising uh, a child with autism, for example, you know, you have this extra burden or difficulty, you know, that you have to work around and takes up extra energy and time. And that is the a big thing that I recommend is batching or for me, I call it like binging, you know, setting aside yeah. these times to binge work. But something that I actually hadn't considered when I recorded that episode was for some people doing that batching or binging might not be feasible depending on energy levels or time management processes that for some people, they, or we might just have to do it week by week. And then we just might have to schedule in, okay, every Monday, for example, is podcast day. And I can't batch or binge on that day, or, you know, I'll have to do everything on that day, you know, record, edit, schedule, whatever, or maybe I record on Monday, edit and schedule on Tuesday, and it goes out on Friday, something like that. And the difficulty with that, as you know, because you had this happen once, I think I remember, then if something comes up, you might miss a week, unfortunately, but, um, you know, things happen. So yeah, 
I had had a mini, I had before the summer holidays, I had got myself into a mini batching phase and I had got three episodes batched. That's right. Which was so lucky because I got COVID mm. and I completely lost my voice. So I was, I was okay for three Fridays, mm -hmm. but on the fourth Friday, I still didn't have enough voice for it to sound okay. So I, I did miss one episode so since mm -hmm. june the third i've missed one episode mm. which i don't think is bad going for someone no. that's starting out no. um but i was a bit annoyed with myself that i hadn't managed to um get more under my belt before then mm -hmm. and i then said to myself well this is why it's really important that i am batching and i'm i'm prepared for every eventuality but I still haven't managed to get on top of that. And that's something I really need to. I think the thing I'm finding is if I'm doing a solo episode, I always write a script. Mm -hmm. And writing a script takes me longer than I actually had anticipated it would do. Mm -hmm. It's much easier to have a guest and you've got an outline. Yes, you've got to research them. That takes up time, but it's not the same as sitting down and writing and then going back through it and tweaking it. And it takes me a good hour to write an episode if not longer but if you're always getting interrupted the whole time which is what happens for me yeah. then I don't ever get more than sort of 10-15 minutes in one go to work wow. on it so wow. it, I lose my thread yep and then <laughs> I have to start all over again and it yeah. can end up taking days before I get it because then I thought oh, I can't be bothered doing this now oh so I, I lose my motivation so yeah. I but I've just got to lock myself away somewhere and do it yeah at some point, I'm going to challenge you to just write bullet points and try winging it. You Well, you'll probably notice when you listen back to this <laughs> you, and you're editing. <laughs> I have, and everyone, no, they didn't because you will have edited them all out. But I have a tendency to say, um, a lot. So I think I'm very concerned that the editing's then going to take forever. Because if I read a no. script, then my editing doesn't take very long at right. all. Because I, I just, you know, if I make a mistake, I'll pause for a, a few beats so yeah. I know where I went wrong and I can just edit that bit out. I hear you. So I'm, I'm, but yeah, maybe as I get more confident, that will get better. I'm going to challenge you to try one. Hmm. When I did my 22 FAQ mini episodes oh, in, yes, November, in November, yeah. I winged them. And they went a lot more smoothly than I thought. No scripting at all, just winging it. I have done it once. I yeah. winged it once. I had I had a couple of points and I just winged it. I did say at the start of the episode, mm -hmm. I'm going to wing this one. Mm -hmm. I've not done this before to you guys. This is usually scripted. So let's yeah. see what happens. And it was because I had run out of time to write a script. I had mm -hmm. no choice. I had to wing it. Yeah. But I don't feel like it came out as well as some of my scripted episodes did. Mm -hmm. But again, that's a that was earlier on. So maybe it's, um, I'll have got better by now. Yeah. And I also wouldn't edit out all of the ums. People know we're people. Yes. And it doesn't sound very natural if right. there's no ums at all. Exactly. So, yeah. Yep. Practice good, learning. Good, good tip. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Speaking of tips, what tips do you have for listeners who are considering starting a podcast? I think my main tip would be to find your tribe, find your people that will support you 
and know what it's like to be trying to put out a podcast for the first time. Mm. Because having people to talk to who understand what you're going through is such a game changer. You don't feel alone. You, you can, I can talk to my husband about it, but he doesn't really understand. He'll go, yes, that's nice, dear. But he doesn't get it. And this is where joining the Women Podcasters Academy was just fantastic for me. And that's why I still come to your weekly meetings, even though I know what I'm doing now. Every week I pick up, even if it's just one tiny piece of information that makes life easier, or to have a bit of banter with people that I've now been meeting up with every Tuesday evening for months now. It just makes you feel supported. And it gives you the encouragement and motivation to keep going. I really believe that if I hadn't had you and the group of women that we were together at the start, all in the same boat, I probably wouldn't have stuck with it. Mm. I really wow. don't think I would have done. So that would be one tip. My second tip would be not to reinvent the wheel. Somebody has already done it. So find out how they did it and just copy whether it's technology, um, whether it's script writing, batching, whatever, somebody has already got a plan. And if you can use it, then you can save yourself an awful lot of time. So that would be my second top tip. And my third top tip would be to definitely invest in yourself. Invest some money in making life easier. It doesn't have to be hard. It doesn't have to be a huge amount of money invested. But something like the Women Podcasters Academy or some editing software or a decent microphone so that you actually sound vaguely okay when you're podcasting, those things make you feel better about what you're doing. And it just makes it all a much more enjoyable experience. Mm. So those would be my three top tips. Find your tribe, invest in yourself and don't reinvent the wheel. That's great. Awesome tips. Thank you. Thank you for the plug for the women podcasters. Oh, team. you're welcome. Appreciate that. Uh, what are some of your favorite tools then? Do you, do you love your editing software? I have been in, what have I been using? Audible. No, uh, Audacity. 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 I've been using Audacity, which is what we'd started out using when we first started our podcast back in sort of April, May time when we were just all starting to work it all out. And since then, we've all discovered Descript, which is amazing. I've used it, the free version of it. Mm-hmm. And I have decided that once the Christmas holidays are over, because we're recording this in December and January hits, that's an investment I'm going to make mm-hmm. to make my life easier. Um, I've been reluctant to move away from audacity because I'd worked out how it worked and I'm so slow at picking up things to do with technology. I thought if I now have to try and get my head around how Descript works, it's going to slow me down. And I was on a bit of a roll and things weren't taking as long. So I've, I've been a bit reticent to do that, but I've got to the point now where I think, I need to move forward. I need to step things up a level. I've not been using um, video. I've been recording in Zoom Mm -hmm. for my um, guest podcasts, Mm -hmm. but I haven't been using the video at all. Mm -hmm. 
Oh. And I'm going to start doing that in January as well. So I've bought myself a new camera and a ring light. <laughs> the, all these you look fabulous. Time last year, um, that you know, would you have a ring light, a microphone, and a camera? I would have told you to stop being silly. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, so those those are the main things that I'm sort of using to help me. That's awesome. Yeah. Sharing video is getting to be really important now, even, you know, creating little video clips to share on social media, but more people are listening to slash watching podcasts on YouTube now. So, and since you're interviewing guests, that would be great to at least share that video, if not recording video of your solo episode. So yeah, definitely. you can move slowly on that, but definitely share the video of your interviews. Yeah, I will. Yeah. Awesome. So what would you say is like the top practical benefit you've gotten out of podcasting so far? Apart from growing my email list, which for me, as someone who wants to start selling an online course is really important that I have people that trust me and that I'm in connection with to sell to the the biggest benefit has really been finding out what it is that people want Mm. what their pain points are what they're struggling with what they want to hear about because that then informs my podcast episodes but it's informing everything it's informing how I deal with clients when I go to their homes it's informing how I develop my online course it, it's just giving me so much vital information that I hadn't even thought about that. I, I'd just really gone into it. Well, this would be fun. I should be putting content out every week. I'd been told on various courses I'd done, you should have a weekly content, a blog, a video or a podcast. Well, to be honest, writing a script is pretty much like writing a blog, I've decided. So I probably mm-hmm. could have yeah. <laughs> just skip, skip the recording bit. But I do like talking, as you've probably noticed, and um, I'm very video averse. So it seemed like the logical step for me. And I thought, well, this is going to be a bit of fun. And But I had not thought about the fact that it would just inform my actual practice of dealing with clients and developing an online course to such a huge extent mm. and, and connect me with so many people all around the world. It is crazy. I'm sitting here in Germany and I can't remember what the percentage is now. I wrote it down somewhere. 55% of my listeners are in North America. Wow. Yeah. That's wild. It is wild. Yeah. So, um, and, and people, um, are, are connecting with me, which is lovely. So I've got people in every continent of the world who are listening. Because you said what you hit number three in China at one point you hit number two in Switzerland. Yep. Yep. And in um, Holland as well. And Holland. Wow. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so the, it, it just makes, it makes for connection. And that is just a really lovely thing that I I'm sitting here in Germany as a Brit and yet I've got people now who know me in every continent of the world, which is really fun. Yeah, absolutely. And what would you say has been so far the most personally rewarding thing from podcasting? From a personal point of view, I think 
proving to myself that I could do something that I really didn't think I would be capable of doing. Mm. I'm a complete technophobe and I'm really proud of myself that I have managed to get this off the ground and running and I've been consistent and I've managed to get everything, all the, all the moving parts working in a way that it works and that I'm also using social media as well now to promote my podcast and it's it's all just coming together and I would never have thought in a month of Sundays that I would be capable of doing something like that so that for me has been my biggest personal achievement that I've I've taken on something that is really new and challenging and I've managed to succeed with it that's awesome yeah and you got your podcast up and running in a month I did a month after joining the women podcasters Academy, you launched it. Yeah. That was really amazing. Yeah. But that's because of the support that was there. I don't think I would have done it otherwise. And also I remember you sitting there at at one of the Tuesday meetings going four weeks. Yeah, no problem. You can do it. (laughs) I was like, Oh, well, she says I can do it. I can do it. Fine. Um, and this is what I was saying about finding your tribe. If you've got that group of people supporting you and motivating you, then anything becomes possible. Very true. Very true. All right. So you want to tell us about your course? Yeah, I'm really excited about this. Me too. <laughs> my, new, my new baby. <laughs> yes. Oh my goodness. Yeah. A um, podcast and a course all in less than 12 months. I know. It's amazing, completely amazing. But um, yeah, that's just the way it's rolled. Yeah, my course is for um, stressed mums, predominantly, but anyone could take it if they wanted to. It's going to be a six week online course that's going to drip out each week with a live online element every week with me where you can ask questions in advance. The questions and answers will be recorded and will be available on the course platform I'm hoping to also turn the recordings into a podcast so that I know these busy mums they're walking around with their headphones in while they're trying to do the cleaning so that they can listen to what we've learned that week as well and it's going to be looking at the KonMari method in your home what it means for you specific areas of your home to reduce the overwhelm and make life run smoothly and easily for you and most importantly getting the family on board and having a way of maintaining it because if there's one thing that really annoys me it's when people spend hours tidying up their home and in a week it's back to square one again that's not what I'm about we're going to get it sorted and put systems in place so you can maintain it Mm. that sounds awesome Mm. And when does registration open? Registration is going to be opening the week of the 18th, 16th of January. Awesome. And then the course goes live on the 23rd. Fabulous. And where can people go to learn more and sign up? They can go to my website, to my explore page. That's caroline-thor.com forward slash explore. And there will be a link there to click on to take you to all the information you need. Fabulous. I will put that link in the show notes. Perfect. And so you also uh, working one-on-one with clients, you do work with people internationally then you don't, they don't have to work with you in person, right? No, they, I, I do online sessions. So we all set up a zoom call 
and it's as if I'm in the room with you, but just on your computer screen. And I will work with you exactly as I would if I was physically there with you. Awesome. All right. And so that's caroline-thor.com. Yeah. That's Fabulous. Yeah. All right. And uh, so you're on Instagram and I'll put a link to your Instagram account in the show mm-hmm. notes as well. And yeah. yeah, you've got a great Instagram account. I love what you share. And Thank you. Obviously. And your podcast is on your website as well. So it is. people yeah. can find everything All right that. there. Totally yeah. easy. Great. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here today. This was so much fun. And I love the tips that you shared and everything about your journey. This has just been wonderful. Well, thank you for the opportunity. And thank you for all the support you've given me with my podcast as well. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. It is just such a pleasure and such an honor. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast Launchpad. Be sure to follow so you don't miss a single episode. And if you have any comments or questions, feel free to email or send me a DM on Instagram. Follow the links in the show notes. I really appreciate you for being here. See you next time on the podcast Launchpad.